1: Welcome to another edition of the Star Podcast. My name is Bryson Treese, and the show is presented by InsideTheStar.com. Well, it is Saturday. It's more than a weekend of free agency, and we've kind of left you hanging for the last week or so because there hasn't been a whole lot to talk about. I mean, yeah, there's a couple of things that have happened with the Cowboys. They've lost a couple of free agents, but it's more of the same as far as we can see, and there's some issues unresolved still that really have no clear end in sight so we wanted to wait a little bit and um, try to give something somewhat unique for this episode anyhow uh, with me i've got inside the star staff writer sean martin sean what's up
2: what's going on guys happy to be here again
1: Good, good, good. We've also got contributor and um you you might know him a little bit better for recently he's brought a little bit of Spanish to inside thestar.com uh being a, a Mexican resident he is of course fluent and we want to reach out to those fans uh, south of the border a lot so he's done a great job for us of um, covering some of the latest Cowboys things on inside thestar.com for our Spanish followers. Mauricio Rodriguez how are you doing today Mauricio? I'm
3: doing fine thank you I'm very excited to be here this is my first time in the star podcast and I'm very glad I'm here
1: absolutely we're glad to have you here well let's jump right into it Cowboys free agency it's what we're here to talk about the mass exodus continues it's three more players signed with other teams and they're not a huge surprise Cornerbacks Brandon Carr and Morris Claiborne. Carr went to the Ravens. Claiborne went to the Jets on what ended up being a one-year prove-it deal, which as Jess Haney recently mentioned on Twitter, it's a prove-it-again deal. Everybody thought Claiborne would probably get a couple years, but he only got one, so I'm a little surprised about that. And finally, someone took Lance Dunbar off of our hands. That's a big problem solved for me because the Cowboys just seemed destined to keep bringing this guy back no matter how bad he flopped. Running back Lance Dunbar has signed with the Los Angeles Rams. The Cowboys have also brought back their own running back, Darren McFadden, on a one-year deal. Now, I think this is kind of interesting because, to me, it says, hey, we're done with Alfred Morris. We didn't like what he did in 2016. We think Darren McFadden has a little bit more potential behind Ezekiel Elliott. And we're going to turn to the draft. What do you think, Sean? Do you think uh, Alfred Morris is down in Dallas? Yeah,
2: I think so because I think you have to like what Darren McFadden has given this team. I mean, that's pretty evident, and the coaches have shown that as well. And you know, the thing with Morris is, I remember preseason week one against the Rams, and obviously we were all talking about Dyke Prescott after that after that game. I made a point to uh, you know to go on RJ's show and talk a lot about Morris and. I was excited to see what he could do this season. We all knew that Elliott was going to be the bell cow for this team, but he was going to need depth behind him, and, you know, it doesn't get much better than... Handing the ball to Zeke and then also handing the ball to a guy that had veteran experience in his own blocking scheme and could be physical, going up against defenses that were already going to be tired—all those things described Alfred Morris, but none of those things actually happened in 2016. There's a lot of reasons for it, but you know nonetheless, they got production out of Darren McFadden, and they're going to try to get that production again.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with that, and you know I kind of like McFadden too. They they only did it once, and I really hope they do it more, even though it it isn't the the usual way that they use a veteran running back but I liked him on a punt return that they did sometime during the year or kick return maybe I think it was punt though but he, he just seems to have a little bit more when it comes to that what do you think Mauricio how do you like Darren McFadden over Alfred Morris in Dallas oh
3: I like him a lot more than than Alfred Morris and it's fun to think about it since you know after week two there was there were fans speaking about Alfred Morris becoming the starting running back for this team and of course, you have Darren McFadden, you have Ezekiel Elliott. Why, w- why would you bring back uh, Alfred Morris? Instead, look for a young running back in the draft and try to develop uh, a a young backup for Ezekiel Elliott down the line.
1: And that's the thing about it, too. We have to remember, I say that it seems like the Cowboys would be done with Alfred Morris since they resigned Darren McFadden, but Alfred Morris is still under contract for 2017. Sean, what do you think they do about that?
2: Yeah, I think, Having that flexibility is nice because, you know, Mauricio was just mentioning there that you might be in the market to draft a running back, and I already wrote about, you know, not only should this team be in the market to do that, but be clear in going and dressing running back relatively early in this draft that they want to. I mean, I wouldn't have any problems if they had a back that they really liked in the second round and just went ahead and grabbed him to, uh, you know, to add to what they have with Elliott in the backfield and maximize their strength with the running game if they don't want to do that and they also don't want to you know, try to hit on a guy in the later rounds, then they do have Alfred Morris in their back pocket. At this point, they also know what to expect from Alfred Morris. They know that he's not going to be the dominant back that he was with the Redskins for whatever reason. You know, it didn't work out last year, even though he was running behind the best offensive line he'll ever get to play with. But they know what he can do, and they know we can get him some tough yards and some things like that, and maybe there's a spot on this team for those tough yards and for that veteran running back. To stay alongside Darren McFadden in the running back room and, and continue to have the depth there. There's no doubt that this team is committed to running back. I mean, last year they kept two two fullbacks and the whole host of running backs up until when they had Darius Jackson. You know, they want to keep guys at this position that they can use to make sure that they can run the football effectively, and Alfred Morris might actually fit that mold.
1: Yeah, he just might. And I think that that'll be uh, something that we watch throughout the offseason as we get in towards uh, OTAs and training camp. And um, look at the competition that develops. I'm sure they're going to draft somebody to play running back. And they're just going to see what happens. You know, maybe they hit on another Darius Jackson and one that they can actually hang on to this time. We'll see. That'd be nice. But, you know, to me, it just seems a little bit. I don't know, it it seems like the secondary's just been gutted. I mean, you got Brandon Carr, Morris Claiborne, J.J. Wilcox, Barry Church. I mean, these these are staples in Dallas for the last several years, our main guys. I mean, Byron Jones has come in to, you know, make a presence for himself, but... I still looked at J.J. Wilcox as kind of a starter last year anyway. You know, So, I mean, Mauricio, what do you think happens to the Dallas secondary now that all four of the names we know are gone?
3: I think this is tough. I agree totally. But at the end of it all, they're the guys that we've been blaming the, these whole years that this is their fault. And at the end of it all, maybe this hurts, but I don't think this will hurt as much as a lot of fans think. I think this is the right way to go, maybe find some other cornerbacks in the draft Build on Byron Jones, build on Anthony Brown, who had an outstanding rookie season, and I think we'll be fine. I think we'll be even better off.
1: Yeah, and you know, that was something I actually saw that it made me chuckle a little bit, and this was yesterday or day before I was reading over the Cowboys Nation timeline, and uh, if you guys don't know, I actually have a, have a friend, Mike Carlos, who uh, manages that most of the time. Most of the time, you see any tweets from there, it's Mike, not me, even though it's my account. But... I was watching on Cowboys Nation, and this was after the Carr and Claiborne deals came down. And he's posting on there something about um, something that Mike Fisher had tweeted. And he's a longtime Cowboys insider. If you don't know him, Fish Sports um, is his Twitter handle. And they were both saying the exact same thing, like three seconds apart. And it's that all of the people that are complaining and in an uproar over these four guys leaving this offseason. Are the same people who have been griping about the Cowboys retaining them up until now? You know, so I think uh, you're exactly right on that. And uh, honestly, I think they're players. There are more players available, and we're going to have the players we need when it comes time to play. But um, in other free agency talk, and this is something that's a little bit more interesting, uh, R.J. Ochoa actually posted about it on InsideTheStar.com yesterday, and it's about Seattle Seahawks cornerback Richard Sherman and the fact that the Seahawks have made it known they're willing to field trade offers for Sherman. Now, I don't like Sherman. Uh, It goes back to right after their Super Bowl performance and that whole thug remark, and we're not going to get into exactly what was said there. If you missed it, Google it. But I just don't like the guy. It's the same reason I don't like the NBA. I want my athletes to get out on the field and play the game. Stop trying to, you know, be a public relations specialist and all this and trying to build a brand for themselves. You know what? The best brand out there is execution. But that said, Sherman is still playing at a high level. Now, Sherman is due $11.4 million on his current contract in 2017 with another eleven million due in twenty eighteen. So Sean, my question for you is, can the Cowboys even afford to entertain the notion of trading for Sherman?
2: Not realistically when it comes to the value they'd be getting out of compared to on the other side of things, you know, the value that they potentially have to move on from or restructure some more contracts which Puts you in bad cap situations for even further down the line, which affects, you know, how you're going to be able to get the most out of the fact that you have Prescott and Elliott on young con- on young rookie contracts and all that. These are all things that you have to talk about when it comes to potentially adding a really good player, as you mentioned, to your secondary in Richard Sherman. And At what point does it not become worth it? At what point is it worth it? I think it's really close in terms of how the Cowboys could realistically manage a way to go get Richard Sherman. But you have to do all those things, and then you have to obviously make your offer to Seattle and offer the Doga to accept to move on from a guy that's really been you know, the face of this team's success when these past couple of years. Supposedly, the Seahawks are... I guess realizing that their dynasty, if you will, was on the back end, and that's why they'd even entertain offers to move on from Richard Sherman. And so if that's the point that they're at, the Cowboys could do their due diligence and pick up the phones and try to make something work. But it's a lot more than just a one phone call to Seattle. It's going to be a lot of work for the Cowboys if they do want to actually add Richard Sherman to their secondary.
1: Yeah, I definitely kind of agree on that. I mean, he's he's aging his performance has come down from what it was you know when he won a super bowl but at the same time the cowboys they seem like they're in a position where even a couple of extra interceptions in a season would make all the difference in the world. I mean, imagine if we had gotten an interception or two during that last Packers game. I mean, wouldn't that have come out differently from having that Mauricio?
3: Yes. I I, I agree with you on that, Bryson. I would love Richard Sherman on our team. I just think as Sean was saying, I don't think we are in a position to, to go after him, to get him. But if if the price is right, I would totally love Richard Sherman in our team. I think he's exactly what we need because people are saying, well, maybe draft a cornerback and we'll see in the future, a cornerback for the future. But this offense is not going to look the same in five years from now. And maybe at the end of it all, that window we have to win, it's not as big as we, as we may think. I would like Richard Sherman in our team if the price is right, but I'm definitely not giving number 28. I'm thinking about 60, but even, the, even, the, even 60, I think it's, it's tough.
1: Well, and you bring up a good point there, uh, Sean. What do you think the Cowboys could even offer them that we can do without? I mean, we can't we can't offer them uh, Dak Prescott. We can't offer Ezekiel Elliott, Jason Witten, Cole Beasley, Des Bryant, any of the offensive line. So, I mean, what else of value is it that, that we could possibly you know hang out there for the Seahawks?
2: Yeah, speaking of the offensive line, I saw an interesting hypothetical where you actually uh, consider trading Lyle Collins over to Seattle. But you know, I, I want no part of moving on from the upside that he has coming back this season. He's going to be, you know, the replacement for for Ronald Leary, who was his replacement. So Collins has that left guard spot, and what he does with it could be very exciting. And the Cowboys have so much stuff on the offensive line that even if he does falter for whatever reason, injury or not, you know you have a guy like Jonathan Cooper ready and you're going to have some camp bodies and all kinds of things there. I get very leery when it comes to messing with this team's offensive line. It's their strength. They clearly understand that it's their strength. So let's not go there in terms of trading for a 29-year-old cornerback and giving up assets on your best unit on this football team. The NFL Draft is your next opportunity to... You know, go and make an offer here, but at the same time, the draft is yet another opportunity to add depth for not only the offensive line. You know, people are you know, there are people out there wanting this team to go draft an offensive tackle at 28 and just say, Yeah, we're going to fill in for Doug Free with another first round talent and, and do things like that. I'm not on board with those people, but nonetheless, every draft pick is a chance to improve your football team. We saw that with the 2016 class, we've been seeing it with former McClay, and it becomes an issue of. Do we think we can get a young corner or safety or anything like that that we can develop for a few years? Are we okay giving up this pick and the guy that we might get with the pick for a proven player like Richard Sherman? At a certain point, every team across the league is going to say, yeah, we're going to give up a certain pick for a proven guy like Richard Sherman. But I don't know what that pick is in terms of what Seattle is going to be happy with because I sincerely do think that the Seahawks... Are expecting a pretty good return if they do actually trade Richard Sherman. I'm not giving up pick 28, maybe 60, and then maybe some future picks. But future picks as well, you want to be able to have def on this team. You don't know how long Sherman would even play for you if you get him. But, yeah, that second-round 60th overall pick seems like an interesting spot, an interesting sweet spot when it comes to potentially making this deal.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I, I don't know if the Seahawks are even serious about it. I kind of think that he's just one of those guys where – The contract number's a little bit high. He is getting close to that, you know, big 3-0, and they're looking just to see what might happen. You know, the cornerback market has been kind of thin, which we expected was actually going to net some of our own guys, you know, some big contracts elsewhere, but it hasn't turned out that great. So they're thinking, you know, hey, let's give it a shot and see what happens. But moving on from Richard Sherman and however that'll work, and, you know, for the record, like I said, I would like him here as a player, could take a little less of the attitude to come along with it, but overall, I don't think the Cowboys are actually going to go for it. And not even the least of all reasons is that they probably don't have anything of value they're willing to give up to get them. Now on to Tony Romo, who I don't know. I I thought his value was high. He's I mean, still didn't a you Cowboys. guys think? Yeah, I mean, he's still a Dallas Cowboy. Nobody thought he was going to be in Dallas. this late in the game. You no, know, so nobody at all. No, nobody. I mean, the buzz has died down. There's been no news about any actual offers made in spite of all of that hype that was given about the Broncos and the Texans, you know, possibly being interested and then them declining it, saying they were going to wait till free agency before they made a move. What's Dallas up to, Mauricio?
3: Well... I don't. We can trade him, and nothing that's that's now being showed. And why would why would a team trade for him if they know the Cowboys want to release him eventually? And you know, RJ Cho has made a point, has been speaking about this theory that maybe the Dallas Cowboys are forcing him into retirement. And I think this would be like kind of sad for all of Cowboys fans because it may not be the. The best way to go like in a relationship is speaking about a relationship, but I think this speaks about Jerry Jones. Like we've been making fun of him for years about how emotional he is. Now he's making business, and he's being a businessman, and I think maybe they're forcing him into retirement, and I think retirement now is a, is a very, very uh, likely option for Tony Romo.
1: And, you know, when it comes to that, uh, you know uh, what you're talking about with RJ Ochoa, tar- uh, you know, mentioning this recently, that was actually happening in our own staff uh, server on Discord where we communicate about, you know, daily operations and all that. And we were talking about this yesterday, and RJ Ochoa, it seems to be of the opinion that the Cowboys would be completely crazy to let him go and be eligible for another team. Basically, they would be fine with him retiring or staying a Dallas Cowboy, but aren't cutting him and they aren't trading him. And I don't like that approach, you know. My argument to it is very simple. Let's say we do that. Let's say that we strong-arm Tony Romo into either being a backup in Dallas in 2017 or retiring, and then another Lyle Collins situation comes along in a couple of years and you got to remember with the Lyle Collins situation, he was—he ended up going undrafted. He had that red flag, which was completely mishandled by the uh, by the police department in New Orleans. He had nothing to do with any of that, but it killed his draft stock. So when it came down to it, he was an undrafted free agent with caps on how much a team could pay him meaning every team in the league was able to pay him what he was allowed to be paid, and it was up to him to choose between the five or six teams that made offers and said, hey, we want you. He chose the Dallas Cowboys. Does that happen again after we screw Tony Romo like this, after we take away his chance to play? And we know Tony Romo, if you've been following the Cowboys, the one thing you know about Tony Romo is he hates being on the sidelines. So if we're going to treat a player this way, what happens the next time we have to try to convince a player that we are the right team, that we're the right culture, the right atmosphere, and the best place to go when there are several options. What do you what do you do with that, Sean?
2: You're absolutely right about all of that. You know, I'll preface this by saying, you know, the Cowboys front office is is good and they've been making good draft decisions and they're at the head of one of the best teams going right now, but they're not definitively the best. You know, look at what the Patriots are doing this off season. Look at some other contenders that haven't had to, you know, move on from a lot of guys in free agency and also going to be considered contenders once again. The Cowboys are anything but the clear-cut best team in the NFL. They're amongst them, but they are not, you know, just, okay, let's write them into the next year's Super Bowl. They're nowhere near that level yet, so they're going the need to, you know, keep building this thing through the draft and free agency, the two main ways that you acquire your players, and you know, obviously, the draft picks don't have any say in whether or not they get to come play for the Cowboys, and everybody that we've seen gets drafted by the Cowboys obviously loves the opportunity that they get, but free agency is important. Yes, you can make the case, you know, oh, this team doesn't make splashes in free agency, but the guys they get in free agency usually seem to help this team, and you can't picture this team without those couple of guys each year, and then you know, solely operating through the draft, especially if you're going to keep losing free agents every year it just it's not a way to build a winning you know program here in Dallas for this team for the next couple of years and if you're focused on trying to get to that super bowl you need good relationships with your players it's something that they had starting you know not only this year but in the past and i would just absolutely hate to see it all go away because they can't handle this Tony Romo situation the right way and they force Romo into retirement or they basically, you know, hold Romo hostage, to what they're doing at this very moment. They hold Tony Romo hostage and all of a sudden the league takes notice and with a snap of a finger the NFL and the, the NFL's view on the Cowboys is completely changes when it comes to what they're doing, even though they're gonna be set up to win these next couple of years and will they win? You know, we don't know that. Will Tony Romo be a part of this team winning? Well, we didn't think so, but he's still here and that's an issue. It's certainly an issue that this team
1: is facing right now. And speaking of holding him hostage, there's actually a popular theory going around based on a video that Tony Romo posted to Instagram yesterday featuring his son Hawkins talking about pinky promises and a deal. Now, Tony Romo put in the caption with the video saying that he was trying to put his son to bed and his bed started talking or his son started talking about all this stuff. But some people are taking another approach with it and saying that it was somehow a message to the Dallas Cowboys. I personally don't see it. Um, I don't know. Sean, can you explain that to me? Explain that to everybody?
2: I think the very fact that we're sitting here having this conversation about whether or not you know Romo having fun with his kid and recording this and talking about him going to bed at a certain time, the very fact that we're talking about this as a relation to – his relationship with the Dallas Cowboys means that it's time for the Dallas Cowboys to do something with Tony Romo. Release him, which we all expect you to do. You know, Make your calls around the league and go get final trade offers or whatever and see if you can do something there. Or you know, see if he actually is serious about retiring. Whatever the case may be, it's time for the Cowboys to do something about Romo because, you know, picture how much worse this could get. If he posts this is what, like a 30 second maximum video of him just talking to his kid and Romo's not even on camera for it. You know, what, what's going to happen the next time Romo goes on camera like he did at the start of free agency, you know, all depressed, listening to Bob Dylan and I know a lot of people kind of objected to that and really didn't like the fact that he put that video out. I enjoyed it just because, you know, I'm a huge Romo fan and it was interesting to see him in that that situation but nonetheless he's still a cowboy and he still hasn't gone public about you know how he feels about still being a cowboy because he knows his opportunity to play isn't here does he still want to play well based on what we know he absolutely does and so he's looking to get an opportunity to play that needs to come sooner rather than later and he understands that he's going to start going public making sure that it's clear that he wants to play and that you know the cowboys basically they can't hold him hostage anymore
1: i don't know I I, I really don't. You know, some of the people are, you know, okay, some of the basis for the theory that this was a message to the Dallas Cowboys, and and you're totally right about that. The fact that we're even talking about it says that the time has come and passed for the Cowboys to take action on this, and they're just dragging their feet right now for whatever reason they may have. But some of the things that people are saying about it are based off the fact that it's a very, very bright room that this kid is in when Romo's filming him. But everybody's ignoring the fact that everything in the background is nice and dark. Now, we've all seen enough pictures of Tony Romo's house before and videos when he's had guys over from the team. We know he's got quite a few windows in that house. I believe there's an entire wall downstairs, I guess, in the living area that is nothing but windows going out to the pool. So, everybody's saying, well, who puts their kid you know, to bed in the middle of the afternoon? Well, one, there is naps and the kid's still young enough. He may take naps. And two... Have you ever heard of a 100 watt light bulb? It could just be really bright in that room.
2: And our good friend Bobby Bell actually had a, uh, in addition to, you know, the theory of breaking down this video, he pointed out that uh, Hawkins, Romo's son's, his hair was a lot longer in this video than we've seen in, you know, maybe past videos. So there's questions in terms of when this was recorded. Was this an old thing that he just posted? If that's the case, it's certainly easy to say that it's more. Clear to have pointed out as potential say towards the Cowboys because, you know, he just had this sitting in his camera roll and he tapped it up on Instagram because he's bored and wants to, you know, get reaction to it. And he got that reaction. Or they put it out on Sad the Star and all that. Um, so missing accomplice in that case, if you're Tony Romo, or this was recorded live, which is potentially likely, or it was recorded, you know, earlier in the day, things like that. But yeah, there are issues when it comes to when this video was actually made.
1: Yeah, and you know, Mauricio, I actually want your input on this, and this is specifically because you are in Mexico, and we've talked about this before. The coverage of the NFL and the Cowboys is a little scarce down there. It's not as as oversaturated as it is for us up here in the States. And I, I'm curious, from that point of view, what do you make of all this? What do you make of the spectacle that is becoming Tony Romo and the Dallas Cowboys right now?
3: Well, about the Instagram video specifically, I don't really think it means something. I mean, it, it is fun to speculate about if maybe it's Tony Romo being a genius or or anything. But I personally don't think it's a, something meaningful at the end of it all. But here, I, I mean, I guess Tony Romo is just a big name that's been... Misunderstood a player that has been unfairly judged through his whole career in the NFL, especially here since you know you were talking about this. I live in Mexico and the coverage here of the NFL—it's not uh, there's no high quality coverage here in the NFL, and people just have their opinions on Tony Romo based on the memes, Um, (laughs) really on the jokes the internet makes. And I think the Tony Romo and the Dallas Cowboys are going always have the spotlight on them. And this is going to go along the whole of season. I, I don't think the the Tony Romo hostage situation ends, near, ends soon. I, I think it will go on from, from, for a long while. And I think this is not – the video doesn't mean anything. Uh, that's my take on this.
1: I tend to agree with that. I think there's just too much going for it. And like Sean said, it may not even be a recent video, but as Tony Romo has just recently gotten on Instagram, he may be posting an old video of his kid. I mean, Hawkins was cute in it. It's one of those things that's going to make fans happy, so why not? Uh, We're pretty much wrapped up for today, but I do want to bring up one thing, and that is the National Fantasy Football Conference. The NFFC, as it's known, is actually something that Tony Romo himself is a co-host of, along with Matthew Barry, and it's a side project that they've had going for a few years. Actually, for the third year in a row, Andy Albrecht and the guys behind the conference are trying to bring players, personalities, experts, and more together, all interacting with fans like never before. Now, if you followed the event's history over the last few years, you know that the NFL managed to put a stop to it twice already. In 2015, the event was going to be held in Las Vegas, and the NFL raised concerns over gambling. In 2016, the location was going to be Los Angeles, and the issue was something else. If you ask me, the NFL, specifically Roger Goodell, just wants to be in on the action. I mean, it's not hard to blame him for that. Last year was slated to have dozens of players at the event, and these players are part of the NFL. But it's 2017, and the location has changed to Big D. Dallas, Texas, which I love mainly because I don't have to think about trying to fly or drive out to L.A. like I was last year. It's going to be within 30 minutes of me, no matter where it is in Dallas. So, you know, if you're not in Dallas, sorry for your bad luck. We're still waiting on confirmation of the venue, but speculation has it being AT&T Stadium. And that's partly because... On the website, go gonffc.com, there are only three pictures on that whole website. Two of them are Dallas Skylines, and one of them is of AT&T Stadium. So that kind of gives you a hint, but I haven't seen anything officially released yet to say where the event is going to be held. The event scheduled for July 14th through July 16th. It's a three-day event. And the lineup from last year, again, included dozens of NFL players, including several Cowboys. I know Tony Romo, Cole Beasley, Des Bryant, Jason Witten, and a few others are all going to be there. And what they're going to be doing is they're going to be giving lectures and panels about being a better fantasy football player in an open environment where fans have virtually unfettered access to the players and the personalities that they respect, love, and follow every day. So it's a really awesome thing. I can't wait for If you want more information about the NFFC, including a detailed event schedule, visit them online at gonffc.com. G-O-N-F-F-C dot com. You can also follow them on Twitter for the latest updates in your feed, at gonffc. And stay tuned to InsideTheStar.com. Contributor John Williams, who covers our fantasy football content, he's interviewing Andy Albreth and should have more on that out soon, and hopefully a confirmation of the venue that will be used. Again, that's GoNFFC.com. Check it out. Register to attend the National Fantasy Football Conference right from the website. I also want to thank you guys for joining us today. Sean, again, you are a a staff writer at InsideTheStar.com. If you want to follow Sean Martin, you can do so on Twitter, at ShoreSportsNJ, like New Jersey, at ShoreSportsNJ. And he's out every day. He's uh, working with Kevin Brady right now to get out some detailed prospect reports from the draft of players that would fit the dallas cowboys well and mauricio rodriguez is uh on twitter at pepo r99 that's p-e-p-o-r 99 and he is a contributor on inside the star.com and uh, if you If you or anybody you know is uh, fluent in Spanish and perhaps prefers your news in that fashion, check out every Friday. He has a regular piece coming on uh, talking about whatever's been going on in the past week. Uh, It's doing really well. It's a really cool feature, and uh, we're glad to have him with us. That'll do it for us. Thank you all for listening, and as always, have a good one, and go Cowboys! to you by InsideTheStar.com and Slant Sports Digital.
0: It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?